With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is True News, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help us God. Former President Donald Trump today asked the United States Supreme Court to intervene in the multiple prosecutions that are now underway. His legal appeal to the highest court comes amid rumors that a Georgia prosecutor is preparing to also indict Mr. Trump for his efforts to investigate alleged vote rigging in Georgia in 2020. Let's start with this report from CNBC. Trump calls for Supreme Court to intercede against Biden after third indictment. Right. So uh, former President Donald Trump is calling for the U.S. Supreme Court to intervene in the uh, 2024 presidential contest following his third indi indictment this week. Mr. Trump argues that dealing with ongoing legal battles, which he sees as election interference, is hindering his ability to campaign against his political opponent, Joe Biden. It remains unclear what Mr. Trump expects the Supreme Court to do regarding his 78 criminal charges. The Supreme Court and Mr. Trump's campaign have not provided immediate responses to these statements. Uh, we have a quote from uh, that CNBC article. Uh, this is uh, Mr. Trump uh, posting on True Social today. My political opponent has hit me with a barrage of weak lawsuits, including DA, AG, and others, which require massive amounts of my time and money to adjudicate. And he wrote that on True Social. Resources that would have gone into ads and rallies will now have to be spent fighting these radical left thugs in numerous courts throughout the country. I'm leading in all polls, including against Crooked Joe, but this is not a level playing field. And he goes on to say, it is election interference and the Supreme Court must intercede, he wrote. Well, I do agree with Mr. Trump. It is election interference, but I really don't know what the Supreme Court can do about it. Is there anything? Well, there's never, there's never been anything like this happen in the history of the nation. Right. That a former president's been arrested multiple times, and at the time that he is the leading candidate for president in the next presidential election. Right. There's nothing like this. Um, Mr. Trump seems to be the, uh, the most hated president since Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln was either loved or despised, and we know what happened to him. Uh, he was assassinated. There, but there hasn't been this kind of visceral hatred of a president since Lincoln, the Civil War. I don't know, Doc. First of all, I don't know if the Supreme Court has, if they could intervene, and I don't know if they could, if they would. Oh, um, and I guess the question is, should, even if they should, I mean, this is a, I mean, there's nothing, like you said, there's no precedent for this. Uh, really, the Constitution doesn't 
speak to it at all either, does it, no. about the Supreme Court's role in any kind of elections? I, so. I, th I think the only thing that they possibly could do is to um, halt the prosecution until after the 2024 election. And if Mr. Trump wins the election, the prosecutions would be halted until the end of his term. But there's nothing in the Constitution that says that they have the authority to do it because this has never happened before. Right. It would have to be a presumed authority on that. But it is interference. And if people think, well, <laughs> the Democrats are going after Donald Trump um, because he deserves it. They wouldn't do this against any other candidate. Then you are really naive. Yes. This is the tactic they will use on every Republican. Right now, Mike Pence is their little boy. In fact, I'll put you up here on the, on the screen. This is the London Times from yesterday. Mike Pence meeting notes could be crucial evidence in the Trump election case. They're going to make Mike Pence the star witness against Donald Trump. Yes. Think about, Doc, this is the drama of this. The former vice president, the star witness against the former president. And both are running. Yes. Both are running for the Republican nomination. It's in Mr. Pence's best interest for Mr. Trump to be arrested and put in prison. Right. Because it removes him as a candidate. That's or, right. Or presumably. It so does. how can you have a fair trial if if. It helps Mr. Pence to put Mr. Trump in prison. How can his testimony be be worth anything? Um, but what I'm saying here is we, we've never had anything like this happen. And you have a vice president running for the presidency uh, against the president that he served under. This is a constitutional nightmare. Right. And there's nothing, it's, it's like a soap opera. Right, and, and being prosecuted by the uh, uh, administration of the opposing party. Yes, <laughs> which is, happens to be the most corrupt administration ever to be in the White House. Their corruption is, is beyond comprehension. And the evidence is piled up. It's... It's not even debatable. It's, it's, there it is. We have the evidence of the Biden corruption, and yet nothing's happening. The FBI is protecting him. The Department of Justice is protecting him. But the Department of Justice was protecting the Bidens when Trump was in office. Right. The FBI was protecting Biden when Trump was in office. It's rigged. This is a rigged election. They're rigging the election right now. And this is part of it. This is the rigging of the 2024 election. And if any Republican thinks that they are going to win and the Democrats won't do this to them, this is what I started to say about Pence. Even if some miracle happened and Pence became president, which is not going to happen. That's just not going to happen. They'll hamstring him too. They'll go after Pence. They'll rip him apart. If DeSantis wins, they're going to rip him apart. If 
name them, Asa Hutchison, Christie. I mean, anybody that wins, the Democrats are going to shred them. But I don't think anybody can win because the election is rigged. I really believe they rigged it in 2020. And they intend to rig the election every four years. And it will get to the point they will, they will have this rigging process down to the city and county level, down to the school board level. They'll have, by the 2030s, they will have total, complete, one-party control in every county in this country. It will be over. And that's, like I said yesterday, you will have Chinese citizens moving here in vast numbers, running for Congress, running for governor, running for school board seats, and you won't be able to say anything about it. You'll say, but wait a minute, they're not American citizens. That doesn't matter. The Democrats have now legitimized non-citizens voting. Why can't they run for office? They're, they're police officers now in Illinois. By the 2030s, being an American citizen will no longer be a requirement to be the president of the United States. They'll write a new constitution. Yes. They'll just write a new constitution. I mean, they, they say the current one is racist anyway. Right. I mean, they make that argument. The reason they say that is they're laying the groundworks for getting rid of the constitution. And if you said we can't get rid of, oh, so you're a racist. No, I'm not a racist. Well, you want the Constitution. Constitution see, was written by racists. Of course, a racist would deny that he's being a racist. Right. So. But they, see, by smearing everybody and everything, they weaken opposition. Their strength, their, their, their most powerful weapon, besides propaganda and lies, is the smear. Character assassination. This, the destruction of people's names, their reputations. They just destroy you. It's like uh, Robert Kennedy said a couple weeks ago. He goes, if I didn't know me, I wouldn't vote for me either. I, I think I was a despicable person based on what I read about myself. Right. Well, welcome to the club, Mr. Kennedy. I know how you feel. They go after opponents. People who know what they're doing, they go after them to assassinate their character, to destroy their name, to make it very, very uncomfortable to be associated with that person. Right. So every Republican in the future will be treated the same way. And eventually there won't be a Republican running. Why would you run? Would you run against Xi Jinping? Anybody running against Xi Jinping? I mean, he's purging the military right now. Yes. He, he purged this commander of the strategic nuclear forces. And my, my guess is Xi Jinping removed him last week because that general is against going to war with the United States in a nuclear war. Yes. I think he's purging the people. Who was the other one? The foreign minister? Right. That was, uh, and remember, they first they disappear. Yes, they disappear. And then they get replaced, <laughs> but they never reappear. Right. But my guess is these people are disappearing and being replaced because they're 
saying to Xi Jinping, no, 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 we're not going to have a nuclear war. I'm not for this. And Xi Jinping is determined to have it. Well, why am I saying this? Because this is what happens when you have one-party rule. When you have one-party rule, there's no control on the one ruler of the party. And he becomes a dictator. And Xi Jinping has become a dictator of China. He's become... China always had an emperor. Yes. All right. I'm getting away from what we're doing here in the United States, but we're headed towards that same China's taking control of the United States. I mentioned the um, possibility of uh, Georgia arresting President Trump. Why didn't everybody? Isn't everybody arresting? Isn't this what's happening right now? They're lining up to arrest Donald Trump? Yes. So, so this is from the Hill. Uh, so they're closing streets around the Atlanta courthouse where uh, Mr. Trump may be indicted. So Atlanta now is preparing as well for uh, a possible indictment that may come down uh, maybe as soon as Monday at this rate. And so, uh, like you said, they're all lining up for this. And uh, this one is a direct uh, challenge to the election interference uh, in Georgia. And it will involve several other people that's, uh, that were, uh, you know, uh, also active in Georgia to challenging the uh, votes that were cast there. Doc, this next one, this was uh, from the New York, New York Post. And a CNN analyst said the indictment of President Trump made him feel as patriotic as the killing of Osama bin Laden. Right. That's scary, Doc. Uh, yes. And so uh, so in a segment on CNN, uh, former D.C. Metropolitan Police Officer and CNN analyst Michael Fanone compared the federal indictment of former President Donald Trump related to the January 6th Capitol event to the U.S. military's operation that had killed Osama bin Laden. Uh, Fanone stated that he felt proud of the indictment, just like he did when he learned about the killing of bin Laden. Uh, the anchor, Laura Coates, was at first taken aback by the comparison and questioned Fanone sympathetically about its validity and potential impact on public perception of the indictment. We have a clip uh, from CNN that shows just a portion of that interchange. Let's watch. First learned about the indictment, um, I had a long conversation with a friend of mine, Ryan Riley, and uh, I told him how proud I felt uh, to be an American at that moment, uh, much in the way that I did uh, when I learned that uh, our military had killed Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden was a terrorist who committed a horrific act against American people uh, and against our republic. And I believe that Donald Trump is a terrorist who committed horrific acts against the American people. You can imagine that that is a very eyebrow-raising statement, to say the least. Well, uh, she didn't object. No, she didn't. In fact, uh, she said, you know, I basically said, I can understand how you feel and everything. But aren't those, you know, aren't you inciting the same kind of uh, scenario that uh, Mr. Trump did? And, and uh, he didn't really have a defense to that. He, called, so. he called Donald Trump a terrorist. Yes. And he, what he was really saying was he deserves to be murdered. 
We've returned to where we were at some years ago, where people were calling for the beheading of Donald Trump. Yeah, we killed terrorists. What Mr. Fanon doesn't even comprehend is that the military didn't kill Osama bin Laden. Why would the U.S. government kill one of their contractors? That's right. That they paid for for years. Yes. The CIA created Osama bin Laden, trained him, armed him, equipped funded him, funded, funded him. And the bin Laden family did business with the Bush family. He obviously doesn't know that. But his ignorance is not my responsibility. Um, Mark Levin was on Sean Hannity's program uh, several days ago. And uh, he said uh, that what we're witnessing is a passive revolution by the Democrats. I, I don't know if it's, I don't consider this passive. No, I think so it's very active. This is a very active and aggressive revolution. They're dismantling the entire United States of America. This is what Mark Levin said. I want to have a heart-to-heart here with you, Sean, and your audience in America. You know what's going on in your country. You see what's going on. You see we're unraveling. My greatest concern, and I pray I'm dead wrong, is that the Democrat Party is creating a combustible situation here. The Democrat Party is destroying our schools. It's destroying parental rights. It's destroying the nuclear family. It's destroying people of faith. It's gone after the Catholic Church. The Democrat Party is promoting censorship in all of its departments and agencies. It's destroying our traditions. Uh, it's destroying law and order, our police. Crime is rampant. Our military can't keep up now with personnel because it's destroyed our military or is. And Joe Biden likes to talk about the bottom up and the middle out. This is a top-down passive revolution. Passive in the sense that it's not a violent revolution, but it's the kind of revolution that Antonio Gramsci, an Italian communist, and even Lenin talked about where they take over the institutions of government, they take over the institutions of the culture, and they impose their will. We now have a government that's banning household products from light bulbs to automobiles in order to control your life. We have a government that is destroying your lifestyle, driving up the cost of energy. It's going to get worse before it gets better. Driving up the cost of food. People are having difficulty making ends meet, and yet their propaganda operation, that is the media, tells you how wonderful things are in this country according to this statistic or that statistic. What's happening now is something that has never happened in American history in 247 years. Not just the indictment of a president. We have a hundred charges against this president from a Democrat DA in Manhattan, a Democrat DA is about to in Atlanta, a Democrat attorney general in New York, a radical left-wing rogue prosecutor with now two grand juries, completely out of control. They will use any tool they can. They don't care about free speech. They don't care about the Bill of Rights. They don't care about attorney-client privilege. They don't care about any of it. This is a Democrat party that is power-hungry. And they see an opportunity right now to monopolize the government and politics forevermore, to destroy the effectiveness of the Republican Party, which is why they keep promoting voting systems that will ensure that they're the majority party forevermore, which is why they're trying to make two 
areas, a territory, Puerto Rico, and the District of Columbia state, so they'll have four Democrat senators forevermore, which is why they attack only the conservatives on the court and intimidate them with their mobs and, and threaten them in order to try and get the decisions they want and threaten with them with, um, with expanding the court in order to destroy the court. You look at everything that's going on in this country. This is a party that hates this country. This is a party that in 1857 got behind the Dred Scott decision, which tore this country apart and resulted in a civil war. And that's what I fear now. I fear it could be five years, 10 years, 15 years. I don't know. And I pray to God that I'm wrong. But look at the sycophants and surrogates on MSNBC and CNN, how they sneer and they attack tens of millions of Americans like like we are white supremacists or Klansmen. They're the party of the white supremacists and the Klansmen. We're not. We're the ones who defeated them. But take a look at what they're doing to the country. The censorship, every department of the government, from the White House out, bottom up, middle out, censoring the American people, destroying the language. We can't even agree on what a woman is and a man is destroying our, our colleges and our universities, destroying our public schools through their union bosses and so forth and so on. What they're doing to Donald Trump here, they doing it because they figure they're gonna get away with it. Who's gonna stop them? So we have this passive top-down revolution that is taking place. It is anti-American, it is Marxist in name and shape, and this, ladies and gentlemen, is the problem that we're confronting. Very correct. Yes. Um, although I think he's being um, too nice about it. It is a communist revolution. It, I said it yesterday. I'll say it again. This is a communist takeover of America. I mentioned something on yesterday's program about an article that I had read in October 2000, during the final weeks of the campaign between Al Gore and George W. Bush. And I said, I wish I had kept the material. I don't have it. Well, one of our viewers, um, I only know him by Seymour Rocks. I guess Seymour is his first name there. Yes. <laughs> Seymour Rocks. Okay, Seymour, thank you. Okay. I don't know if you know this, Seymour. I wrote the article that you sent to me. I don't know if you noticed that. I'm the one who wrote that article because <laughs> he, he sent it to us. Hey, this is what Rick was talking about last night. Thank you for finding it, but I'm the author of the article that you sent. That's right. So guys in control, Eddie uh, Lee, I want to jump down to number 20, number 22. And uh, Rinse.com had published it. And uh, but I'm the author of the article. Right. And so it says Gore and Clinton early careers said funded by communist money. You see the uh, the date on it. 10, 27, 2000. Yes. I was pretty close, Doc. I said somewhere the last two weeks. of So October. this is about two weeks before the election, right? Maybe about a week. So about a week. Probably an election was probably November 3rd, 4th, 5th, something like that. So it was about a week before the election. This is what I wrote 23 years ago. 
about the election between Gore and and Bush, but it wasn't about Bush. It's about Al Gore and Bill Clinton. So it said a member of the Russian Duma, which is the parliament, has obtained documents from the Russian government showing that the early political careers of Bill Clinton and Al Gore were financed by communist money. Alinsky Mitrofanov, yes. a leader in Russia's Liberal Democrat Party, submitted a request to the Federal Archive Service in Moscow for the documents. His actions were reported on October 5th by the Echo Mosky News Agency in Moscow and translated by BBC News in London. Doc, I'll let you take the next one. So, continuing with Rick's article, in a letter to Vladimir Kozlov, director of the Federal Archive Service, Mr. Matrifanov specifically requested information about the Soviet Union's relationship with the late Armin Hammer, an American industrialist, and U.S. Senator Albert Gore, Sr. Now, the BBC's monitoring of the Russian news report said uh, Mr. Mitrofanov wanted documents about the decisions of the Soviet Politburo concerning cooperation and relations with the president and chairman of the board of directors of Occidental Petroleum Corporation, Armin Hammer, and the member of the board of directors of the above company and former representative from Tennessee, Albert Gore, Sr. Now, it goes on to say that Mr. Mitrafanov told Moscow's Echo Mosky Radio, I already have the information. My purpose is to get it officially. And according to the BBC, the Russian uh, legislator told reporters in Moscow that the documents being sought would throw light on the mechanism of supporting Armin Hammer and former Representative Albert Gore by, Sr. by the Central Committee of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union. Now, Mr. Mitrafanov uh, charged that the Russian communists were behind the Senator Albert Gore's opposition to the Vietnam War. Vice President Al Gore's father was one of the most vocal opponents of President Lyndon Johnson's American involvement in stopping the communist takeover of South Vietnam. The Russian Duma member also charged that the vice president's father also was instrumental in stopping an FBI investigation into Armin Hammer's business dealings with the Soviet communists. Now, speaking of the Central Committee of the Communist Party of the Soviet Union, Mr. Mitrofanov declared, in fact, that they were financing Gore's coming out against the Vietnam War as well as Gore's assistance in closing an FBI investigation against Hammer. Mr. Mitrofanov also charged that it was common knowledge in Moscow's political circles that President Bill Clinton and Vice President Al Gore received money early in their careers from Armin Hammer. That money, says Mr. Mitrafanov, was laundered by Hammer from the Soviet Communist Party. Now, the incumbent president, Bill Clinton, also started his political career on money given by Hammer or, in fact, on Soviet money, stated Mr. Mitrafanov. Everybody knows that Hammer got his most profitable contracts in the Soviet Union on Politburo decisions, he said. Moreover, the BBC report said that Vice President Al Gore Sr. also started his career on Hammer's money. Interfax uh, Russian News reported on October 25th of 2000 that Mr. Trofanov told fellow deputies in the Russian State Duma that he had received a reply to his request for documents in the Russian archive. He stated that he was in possession of a reply concerning contacts of the Politburo of the Soviet Communist Party's Central Committee with 
well-known American businessman Armand Hammer and Senator Albert Gore Sr. He told the Duma deputies, this document is classified, and the deputies who would like to read it may do so in exchange for a written statement promising not to disclose its content. And that's an article that Rick wrote back in October of 2000 regarding the connections between uh, money coming from the Soviet Union and the financing of the political careers of William Jefferson Blythe Clinton and Albert Gore Sr. and Jr. That's right. Uh, I want our younger audience uh, members to know that um, I'm not just some old guy ranting every night here on True News. I've been, I've been investigating these guys for 25 years. And uh, I've got a wealth of knowledge inside my head about what these guys have been doing for over two decades. This country has been infiltrated by communists. And they operate inside the political parties. But they have, they have infiltrated every strata of our society, our colleges and, and universities, even now down into the schools, the school boards. They're, of course, in the news media. They're everywhere. And um, they don't have to call themselves communists. They're making you and your neighbors into communists because they're saturating your mind every day with communist indoctrination. And so eventually, you start thinking like a communist. They don't have to, they don't have to point a gun at you. Right. You're a member of the party now. Yeah. Once you think like a communist, you've, you've joined the party. And I would say right now about 50% of the American people are communists in the way that they think. They think like communists. They might not say they're a communist, and they'd be telling the truth if they didn't think that they were communists. But they would be in favor of communist principles. Yes, absolutely. They would favor communist principles. And I would say overwhelming majority of the Democratic Party is communist in their thinking. Completely indoctrinated. So until the patriots of this country come to the place of admitting that we have been taken over from within and that the takeover has already occurred, we will never overturn it. If you don't know who your enemy is, you'll never know how to fight him. If you can't recognize your enemy, you'll never be able to take him down. And if you don't even believe you've been conquered, how will you get yourself free? Right. So we have to come to this admission. It's a very painful Admission as, as a people, we have to say, look, we, we've been conquered. We're now in a state of, of oppression. Uh, a, a foreign entity, the Communist Party, has infiltrated this country over decades and has successfully taken control of the instruments of power and now are persecuting the American patriots. That's where we're at. Right. And at some point, uh, they will whittle us down. If there's no resistance, they will whittle us down year by year by year until those who are still resisting are such a small number that at some point they can physically eradicate us. And there will be no resistance. 
there would be no outcry, no objection. Look at the China Communist Party came in this country right now and told the uh, the the left we're, we're going to um, we're going to take care of your uh, your right wing um, white Christian male pop. We're going to take care of them right now, Doc. I really believe a substantial number of Democrats in this country would applaud the PLA. Yes, they would. That's how far we're gone. They would cheer the arrival of Chinese troops here to, to uh, round up white supremacists in this country. They would call them white supremacists, meaning white, straight, Christian males. Because that's these are the fighting men of the country. Right. Who are they going after? The fighting men of the country. The, you know, the rest of the population, they've turned them gay. They've turned them into anything but fighting men. So it's, it's the men who will resist the communist revolution that have to be destroyed. And the first thing that they've done is stigmatize them. Like, we're going to make you ashamed to be a white Christian male. We're going to make you ashamed. We're, we're, every time you stick your head up, we're going to slap you hard. Isn't that what the media does? Yes. The school time. system does it. Entertainment does it. Why? Because those are the men who will fight. And this is a pattern of communist revolutions since there's been communism. Right. They eliminate that group of men who can provide the resistance to the revolution, mm -hmm. either through uh, direct assassination or political assassination or character assassination, basically neutering their ability to defend the values that existed before the revolution. That's right. So it's, uh, and that's where we're at right now. Um, it, there may not be PLA officers marching up and down the streets in your neighborhood, but, but there, are there are PLA police stations in the United States. There are factories in the United States that have uh, Communist Party political offices in them. In America. In, in the United States of America. That's happening right now. And in Michigan. Right. If you would have said 10 years ago, even under the Obama years, as leftist as that was, if you would have said China has communist police departments in American cities, people were either said, that's so crazy, I can't even believe it. And the people who believed it would have said, let's get our guns and get them. Yes. But now the American people know that the Chinese have police departments in America and it's just a yawn. Oh, well, what am I going to do about it? You know why we have this feeling of what are we going to do about it? Because we've been conquered. We've been conquered. That's why we have this feeling of hopelessness of what's the use. What can we do? That's how you feel. That's how you talk when you've been conquered. So the first thing we have to do is recognize we have been conquered by a foreign power operating through the Democratic Party. Once we come to that realization, we'll get our act together. I really believe it. We'll get our act together once the American people come to the place of admitting to themselves 
we've been taken over. But well, I mean, Rick, in order for that to happen, there, I mean, there has to be a catastrophic event. I mean, seriously, I, I don't see any way. I'm, I'm, I look at the news every day, mm -hmm. and I think to myself, if they're not awake yet, what will wake up the American people? What will it take? I, I just, I don't want a, a catastrophic I event. I, I don't want that. I want people to respond and, and stand up for their country and stand would, up for would a values. Would a catastrophic event be an act of mercy from God? <laughs> In to this, save us from a final collapse? Yeah, yes, it would be. It would be mercy in order to wake up people. I mean, um, you know, if my house is on fire and someone's yelling, hey, get out of the house. And I say, hey, quit being so loud. You know, I'm trying to sleep here. That's the attitude right now. What's it going to take? If your bed's on fire, mm -hmm. is that what it's going to take? <laughs> I mean... Um, Doctor, you're, that, you're, that's my frustration no, I at agree. this point. It's, it's in China's best interest that there would be no event in America that awakens the American people. They don't, it's in their best interest that everything just continues as it is. Yes, incrementally, an incremental invasion is right. what it is. Yes. So you remember the, the little mini vi vision I had years ago. I would say... I would say 2010 or 11, not sure of the year, I have an approximate uh, time. Um, I've told this story before, but uh, the dog that I had at that time, Gator, was a golden retriever. This happened on a Sunday afternoon. Um, I was visiting uh, my, my daughter, uh, her family, and uh, I decided to take Gator for a walk. We, I said we would drive over to the river. Went over to the Indian River and sat on the bank of the river and just Sunday afternoon, just me and my dog and just sitting there enjoying the day and watching the boats go by and the jet skiers and just people having fun on the river. There was a little island that had some summer homes on the island. Right. And then across the river is the... Is A1A and the the barrier um, island where there are condominiums. So I could I could I'm looking at all these things, and I just I was thinking about I've been thinking about this for 25 years. It's it never lost left my mind, Doc, about a takeover of this country. I've never gotten this out of my mind. It was just like a video screen, just like this. And the scene changed. I mean, I'm looking at it, all right? I'm, I'm seeing this in my mind, this vision. I'm looking at the boats. I'm looking at the houses, seeing everything. And what changed was the people in the boats and in the houses. Right. They changed from Americans to Chinese. Same boats going down the river. But the boaters were Chinese. The skiers were Chinese. The vacationers in the summer homes were Chinese. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, Rick, it's going to be this subtle. It's going to be incremental. It's just going to be a, a gradual takeover of America. 
China's not going to nuke America. They're gradually going to take over America. I know in my, I guess we'd call my awakening to everything going on mm -hmm. in uh, my early years of ministry, I was influenced by Dmitry Dudeman, mm -hmm. Henry Gruber, and others uh, early on in those experiences. And woke up to the real threat that at some point that Russia and China, a coalition of nations, could destroy this nation. Mm -hmm. Before that time in my life, I considered America just Invincible. the greatest country in the world. Yes. And, and invincible. And, yes. And the thought that they could be defeated, uh, you know, uh, in a nuclear conflict was so far off the reservation for me. But as I heard these men of God talk about, you know, these real threats and whether they're, you know, visions of what could happen or what will happen, I, I don't know. But at the time, I began to really look at things and really kind of consider, well, why would God allow that? You know, I had that mindset. Yes. Well, God won't let anything happen to us because we're a Christian nation. You know, God loves us because uh, we send missionaries everywhere. And, and how long ago was this? Oh, this is, a, a, you know, mid-90s, I guess. Mm -hmm. And so uh, 25, 30 years. And so, but that was a major awakening in my life. And that's what really caused me to start looking at, all right, why would God uh, allow his mercy to continue on this nation while we continue to live in sin? And it really shook me up uh, because I'd never considered us as a sinful nation, as a rebellious nation or anything like that beforehand. Um, and the, the first time I heard Dimitri Dudeman, I didn't hear him personally, mm -hmm. and read his visions, I knew I, in my spirit, I knew it was from the Lord, but my my patriotic mind said, "Yeah, it can't be. This can't be real." You know what? I couldn't. I could not digest. Over and over, Dimitri Dudeman said, "America is Sodom and Gomorrah. Yes, America will burn." I was like, "No, we're not Sodom and Gomorrah. We're not going to burn." That was twenty five years ago, and. That was before Drag Queen Story Hour and That's what I'm saying. Pride Parade. So where are we now? Sodom and Gomorrah. I would say, Dimitri, you're right. We are Sodom and Gomorrah. And hasn't America been burning now yes. over the past few years? Um, so this in, an invasion is taking place no matter what. Uh, whether it's going to be a military invasion at some point where they have to suppress the, the resistance in America at some point to eliminate them so they could have total control. But whether we admit it or not, the invasion is underway right now and has been underway. Uh, and we, it's a, a woke revolution is what it is. Yes. Um, I tried to, many years ago, I was having a conversation with a, a younger couple. They were, you know, they were in their uh, mid-30s. This, this conversation took place about 12 years ago. And they were, uh, you know, they were liberal Democrats. Um, and um, they were listening to me. And, and the wife said smugly, well, if you're right, Rick, I guess we'll just all learn Mandarin. And, uh, and she was serious, you know, even though she had that little smirky grin on her face. And I looked at her and I said, you don't understand it. 
when there are that many Chinese here, they'll put a bayonet in your gut. They don't need you. They don't care if you learn Mandarin. They'll put a bayonet in your gut. And then, I mean, her face, her face just went flush. She was shocked. Just the idea of, wait a minute, you mean a foreign soldier would execute me? Yeah. What do you think they're going to do to you? Americans can't comprehend us. Right. We just, we're clueless. We're just naive. We can't believe that, that someday that there could be a million Chinese troops stationed in America. Look, we have generals in the Pentagon who belong to China. That converse with China. Yes, that betray the president of the United States, betray Donald Trump behind his back, told the Chinese military, we won't obey Trump. Those generals were traitors and they're still in power today. I'll give you, I'm, guys in uh, control, I'm sorry I'm jumping around. I'm going to go to number uh, 16. So this is a New York Post. I just saw this today. Joe Beijing Biden's energy secretary called a Chinese official before the Biden administration tapped America's oil reserves. Yes, uh, this actually confirms information that we had uh, given out several months ago after uh, Biden pretty much siphoned off the uh, strategic oil reserve. Jennifer Granholm, Biden's energy secretary, spoke with a senior Chinese energy official the same week the U.S. began tapping its, uh, tapping its strategic petroleum reserve. Newly obtained documents show. Now, after that conversation, President Biden announced the largest ever energy stockpile sale in U.S. history to bring down gas prices. Oil from the reserve was sold to Unipec America, which was a subsidiary of the Chinese government-owned gas company Sinopec, which is linked to Hunter Biden, who held a stake in a private equity firm co-founded by a Chinese executive. Now, Granholm's scheduled calls with China raised further concerns about the Chinese influence in the Biden administration's energy agenda. So we'll walk you through some of this. Uh, uh, Secretary Granholm called China National Energy Administration Chairman Zhang Jinhua for a half-hour conversation on November 21st. Government schedules obtained by the watchdog group Americans for Public Trust uh, reveal. So now two days after that call uh, between Granholm and Zhang, President Biden announced the release of 50 million barrels of oil, oil from the reserve in an effort to bring down gas prices. Remember, he touted this. This mm -hmm. is the largest ever energy stockpile in U.S. Uh, history. So, and he said this. He said, I brought together other nations to contribute to the solution. Biden said while announcing the release, India, Japan, Republic of Korea, and the United Kingdom have agreed to release additional oil from their reserves. Now, in that statement, he also said, and China may do more as well. This coordinated action will help us deal with the lack of supply, which in turn helps ease prices. Now, before you go to the next uh, slide there, uh, Control, consider this. If that's all you knew at this point, you would think, well, everybody's in on this. Even China is going to help. They're going to mm -hmm. release some oil, too, and they're going to they're help us out in this that's situation. That's what it sounds bring, like. Bring, uh, bring gas prices down. We're all in this together, right? Uh, everybody's hurting everywhere. Well... 
The White House said at the time that the move came after weeks of consultations with leaders from each country, but Granholm was coy about any U.S. communication with China over the decision. She said at the time China will make its own announcement, and she said that to reporters when asked about the president's cautious language. So what actually happened is this. A Chinese foreign ministry spokesman said the following day that Beijing had arranged for the release of its own crude oil reserves, but reports later indicated that China had instead boosted its supply, even buying up fuel from the U.S. Fuel released by Biden, by Biden from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. Beijing, Biden. They... China had no intention whatsoever of releasing their own oil. Of course not. The Biden administration cut a deal with them and said, we're going we're gonna to drain America's oil reserves. And China said, we'll buy all of it. We'll take it. And, it two and, things happened, Doc. Beijing Biden provided oil to China and weakened us. Because now we're told... It will take decades to refill the reserves. They're so low. Granholm even admitted that yes, in that's testimony who said before it. Congress. She admitted it. It will take decades to refill it. They don't have any plans of ever refilling it. No, of course not. They've weakened us. They've taken, listen, this is a takedown of, of America. And it's happening right in front of our eyes. We're seeing it. It's happening. And yet, the only conclusion to explain all of it is so extreme that collectively the minds of the American people can't bring themselves to the point of saying it. Right. Because if you say it, you have to do something about it. That's why the, that's why the American people won't admit it. Because they don't want the responsibility of taking action to stop it. Right. And now gas prices are going up again. I noticed today there are stations very close here to the ministry office that are pushing four dollars a gallon right Being now. Very close. It's jumped All right. So a lot. Are, are we going to release more uh, petroleum from the uh, reserve? We don't have no, any to release. We can't. We can't do it now. So if there was a crisis, let's, let's say there was some sort of major supply issue with oil. We have no reserve. Which means we, our military has no reserve. That's right. That's what it was for. It wasn't so we could bring gas prices down at the pump. It was for the military. It was so we could fill up the trucks and tanks with fuel. But now we can't. Right. Thanks to Beijing Biden. No, uh, Granholm wants to electrify the military. Yeah. Well, what are we going to do? Run extension cords across the battlefield? Uh, you've got to be able to power up these vehicles and everything. Petroleum is the way to go. And but like Rick said, we have no intention because we want to bankrupt petroleum. We want to bankrupt coal uh, because we want to bankrupt America. Doc, we got about nine minutes. Let's do the World War III update. London Times uh, reporting today, Black Sea. This is a Russian warship. Uh, a Russian warship on the Black Sea was hit uh, by a Ukrainian drone. Uh, notice the, the Russian news outlets, hard to find any news about a dock. 
Yeah, they've been pretty uh, limited as far as information, but according to the London Times, Ukrainian naval drones have reportedly attacked a Russian warship in the Black Sea port of Novorossiysk. The uh, landing ship was severely damaged and cannot fulfill its combat uh, tasks. This is uh, drone footage from uh, Ukrainian sources. Russia claims that they repelled the attack and are considered fake by the security service of Ukraine. Now, video, video footage allegedly captured the moment uh, that the drone hit the ship, and it was reportedly carrying about uh, 450 kilograms of explosives. And so, uh, supposedly, this is the video provided by the uh, Ukraine uh, military of it actually hitting uh, the, this uh, particular Russian ship. Um, so, according to Ukrainian sources, a Russian naval ship has been damaged. Now, we have additional video here that shows uh, the... Uh, uh, further uh, video of the ship apparently listing to its side, uh, and then also a statement by Igor Koneshenkov. Uh, He's the uh, Russian Defense Ministry spokesperson actually talking about this particular event. Сегодня ночью киевским режимом предпринята очередная попытка атаковать морским беспилотным катером корабль военно-морского флота России, сопровождающий гражданский морской транспорт в юго-западной части Черного моря. Профессиональными действиями экипажа российского корабля украинский катер был своевременно обнаружен и уничтожен. So that, that's really the only information you're getting from Russian sources right now is that they uh, took out the, uh, the drone. Uh, of course, this is in war. There's the first thing to uh, be defeated is uh, truth, and so that's going to be a tough thing to uh, uh, sort out here. Uh, first of all, Ukraine doesn't have drones. Any drones they have are given to them by uh, NATO countries, and so. Well, speaking uh, of NATO, uh, Senator Lindsey Graham uh, tweeted that if Russia attacks Ukraine with nuclear weapons, that would be an attack on all of NATO, even though Ukraine doesn't belong to NATO. Right, so his reasoning on this, and we can put the uh, tweet up if we want to here. To my Russian friends who talk about using nuclear weapons in Ukraine, you need to understand that would be an attack on NATO itself, given Ukraine's proximity to NATO territory. Uh, he went on to say, time to sober up, realize that your barbaric invasion of Ukraine is not working, withdraw and save many young Russians from a pointless death. Um, and uh, so basically he's saying because Ukraine is surrounded by NATO countries that if there was an attack by Russia, a nuclear strike by Russia on Ukraine in any manner, it would also impact other NATO countries, therefore it would be an attack on NATO itself. Um, I, I think at night, Lindsey Graham's laying under lace uh, sheets and thinking, man, I would just wish that Russia would do something so we can go to war with Russia, so he we can just start blowing him. things up. You know, you know, Doc, I'm not, a, uh, I'm not a big fan of social media, so it uh, takes a lot to get me to uh, actually use social media. But in the past day or two, I've started, I've started tweeting. And, uh, and so I replied to Lindsey Graham and just said, uh, stop the madness, end the war. Russia's not our enemy. And then I went over to uh, Zelensky's 
um, well, it's not Twitter anymore, his ex, his ex account, yes. okay? Um, and, uh, and I asked uh, Mr. Zelensky on his official page, uh, how much money has the Biden crime family siphoned off the aid sent to your country? He didn't reply. <laughs> but, you know, from now on, I, I'm, just, I'm just going after these guys. I, I'm just, I'm just going to be as blunt as I can on their Twitter accounts and, um, you know, just confront them with truth and stop pretending. I mean, oh, the Biden family, we know that they're crooks. We know that they took millions of dollars out of Ukraine, but they wouldn't siphon off American aid money to Ukraine, would they? Of course they would. Remember the New York Times article? This wasn't too long ago, yeah. just a few weeks ago, where they have auditors over in yeah. Ukraine trying to track down money that they've lost. Right. What do you mean, track down money you've lost? Don't, don't we trust the Ukrainians now? Mm -hmm. Listen, Ukraine was a corrupt nation before 2014. It's more corrupt now. Yeah, it's more corrupt now because now you've got Democrats in the U.S. involved and re warmongering Republicans. We have hundreds of billions of dollars flowing into the country. Yes. And flowing out. And flowing out. Uh, Novasti, Russian news agency, Poland, will send additional troops to the Belarusian border. Um, I'm going to skip over the details of this. Uh, yeah, it, it's all because uh, there was apparently a, an incursion by a couple of Belarusian uh, helicopters here in the past week. And uh, also there an increased present, uh, presence of uh, Wagner uh, military forces. And so it, things are heating up on the Polish border. Uh, next one's from Interfax. Uh, Russian military issues warning about ban on movement of ships in the Kerch Strait. Remember weeks ago, the Russian military said... Um, if you're in a ship and you're moving, the ship is moving towards Ukraine, we're going to stop the ship. Right. And um, that set the stage for a confrontation between the Russian Navy and uh, NATO. And yeah. so for some reason, the, the Russian military this week felt a need to reissue the warning. Right. So what does that say to you? That says that they're ready to step things up at this point. And so, um, and they are allowing ships to pass through, transit ships to port, but only during daylight hours, but no military, uh, uh, you know, vessels, no submarines, uh, anything like that, even aircraft are not allowed. And there's no traffic moving uh, in nighttime hours at all. Uh, the next one's from Reuters. Uh, the United States could offer armed troops to commercial vessels in the Strait of Hormuz. Yes. So kind of like uh, uh, U.S. Marshals on commercial airliners in the United States. What the United States is telling um, shipping com companies is, hey, we're willing to put American soldiers on your ships. And this is all leading from a supposed threat by Iran and uh, their speedboat navy uh, trying to uh, impact the shipping of uh, goods, services, particularly petroleum, in the Strait of Hormuz. Have we, uh, is there precedent for that, for us doing that? I've never heard of it. So. I've uh, never heard of anything like this. I mean, it could, could we actually see a U.S. military actively engaged with Iranians in the Strait of Hormuz? 
Well, if you're putting armed troops on privately owned commercial ships and the Iranians try to stop a ship, well, yeah, there's going to be a confrontation. I'm telling you, they want a war. And they don't want just a little war either. They, they want, want one everywhere. One. They want the biggest war this world has ever seen. Uh, Nikkei News Agency Japan, China deepens military ties with Russia for a non-Western front. And it says amid the uh, diplomatic tensions between Russia and uh, much of the world, China is strengthening its military relationship with Moscow in anticipation of the non-Western battlefront. China sees the military partnership with Russia as essential to confront the common threat posed by the United States. Recently, Russian anti-submarine ships and fighter jets were included in the Northern Theater Command of China's army for exercises in the Sea of Japan, highlighting the increasingly close military cooperation between the two countries. So this is happening between uh, Japan and Taiwan right now, yes. uh, the, uh, uh, the exercises. And what's unique about the exercise, it's combined exercises, but uh, uh, a Russian uh, commander is leading the exercise. So China's actually invited a Russian commander to lead the exercise this time. Mm -hmm. It's like... Uh, trying to think of the right word for it it's like an extension of a courtesy yes uh it, it it reflects that there's that increasing tie between russia and china where china would say we invite you to lead us in this exercise mm -hmm. because it's really china's exercise right so so the chinese troops are being led by russian commanders in this particular exercise yes okay so oh uh, the next one um this is also nikkei news agency China's Xi Jinping prepares for the worst with drones and hypersonic missiles. And it says, according to Nikkei, China is focusing on the development of drones and hypersonic weapons using advanced artificial intelligence to strengthen its military capabilities. The Chinese leader, Xi Jinping, is reportedly preparing his country for extreme scenarios. The country's military officials have warned of the urgent need to enhance the military's ability to control low-altitude airspace, which is becoming a critical field of combat. The move highlights China's broader military buildup, says Nikkei News Agency. And this is coming from an article that appeared in the uh, People's Liberation Army Daily. That's the official newspaper of the Chinese Armed Forces. And this article actually appeared in late May warning of the urgent need to strengthen the military's capabilities in controlling low-altitude airspace. Low-cost AI-equipped drones are a considered key to that effort. At the Communist Party Congress in October 2022, Xi pledged to speed up the development of unmanned aircraft and AI-equipped combat capabilities. The big focus is drone swarms, uh, in which many AI-equipped drones are deployed simultaneously. Uh, China's state-owned defense giant, uh, giant China Electronics Technology Group successfully tested a swarm of 48 drones. Well, Rick, I don't know if you've seen some of these drone displays that are taking place in China, where I, in a few years, fireworks are going to be obsolete 
because they're doing so many uh, things with drones now. Uh, there was one uh, event that they did in Shanghai here a few weeks ago where they were actually able to recreate a dragon flying through the sky using drones. It, it, the, the video is, is absolutely fascinating. No. Now, you've got to know, if they have that kind of coordination on commercially available drones, what, do, what capabilities do military drones have? Uh, so it's, this is a, a changing world. Wow. And China has the ability to produce tens of thousands of drones. Can nations, I mean, imagine a drone swarm. We've talked about drone swarms yes. before, too. So. so we're headed to war with drones, robots, um, biologically altered men. It's a freak show, Doc. It's a hybrid war, it's it, a, literally. It's a freak show from hell. Produced in hell. Starring the devil. And that's what we have. It's a horrible movie, and I can't wait for it to end so that the next film is called Eternal Life with Jesus Christ. And Rick, you said that this, next, this war that's happening is happening everywhere, and who saw this coming up on their bingo card this year? <laughs> We're maybe looking at world war in Africa, too. Um, the, uh, uh, the economic community of West African states has said that they are finalizing potential military intervention in Niger. This is number 59 for control. And so uh, ECOWAS, the uh, uh, West African states that are aligned with NATO and the West, are ramping up, and they're led basically by Nigeria, are ramping up their uh, plans to uh, react to the coup that's taking place in Niger right now. Uh, so. Every, they're putting everything in place for this to happen. We have, uh, we have U.S. troops in Niger right now. We do? We have, yes, we have about 1,000 U.S. troops. We have a, a mini base in uh, Niger. There are also Russian troops in Niger right and now. And I know they're French troops. Yes. And so, so we're going to have a war in, in Africa. Yeah, well, that's it. That's, when this breaks out, it's, it's going everywhere. It is going everywhere. Hey, I want to get back. I know we're throwing our guys in control room, um, making them dizzy going back and forth. But I want to go back to number 53. Uh, this is from RT. Uh, China warns Japan against backing NATO expansion. I mean, Japan officially says we're not joining NATO. Right. But they NATO wants to open up an office in Tokyo. Right. Like, there's no office space in Brussels. So NATO says, hey, we can get an office in Tokyo. According to uh, RT News, China has warned Japan against supporting NATO expansion in the region. Chinese ambassador to Russia, Zhang Haowei, advises Japan and other countries to consider the lessons of history. Think about that. Consider the lessons of history and not unilaterally undermine peace and stability in the region. The potential establishment of a NATO liaison office in Japan has faced strong opposition from China with Beijing pledging a resolute response to any move that damages its legitimate rights and interests. The status of the liaison office idea 
remains uncertain, with reports suggesting it has been shelved for now. But the possibility of NATO establishing a foothold in Tokyo in the future is still being considered. Another report from Nikkei News Agency Tokyo. I don't know why I was, I, I was searching so much in Japan today for news. I just kept hitting uh, one story after another. This one, Japan to monitor foreign ownership of farmland for security. Right. The Japanese government has discovered that China is buying up Japanese farmland. Yeah, let's go to number 56, guys. The Japanese government has become increasingly concerned about foreign purchases of land since it was revealed in February that a Chinese company had bought about half the land on an uninhabited Yohana Island, which is part of the Okinawa Prefecture. The recent depreciation of the yen has led to an increase in the number of foreign investors purchasing land in Japan, but now this has become a concern. Uh, much like how the Chinese have been buying up land here in the U.S. That's right. And uh, our government officials know about it. And nothing's, nothing's happening. Right. No, nobody's stopping them. They have police departments. They have land. They have farms. They have Communist Party offices. And nobody's, nobody's saying this, is, this has got to stop. they got to go. Chinese are funding universities in the mm -hmm. U.S. or funding programs within universities mm -hmm. foundations. Or, or funding po political foundations like yes. the Biden Center. That's right. Um, so. All right, our last one we're going to show you. This is number 66, Vice President Kamala Harris and her word salad for today. I want you to count how many times she says the words space cooperation and then tell me what was she talking about? Here she is. We will discuss the work that we will do together to strengthen our space cooperation. You and I spoke briefly about the beginning of the next era and for you what that means in terms of your leadership and your vision for the future. And certainly strengthening our space cooperation would be a part of that agenda, including, of course, using our space cooperation to think about how we strengthen the economic prosperity and development of our nation. And what was she talking about? Who knows? <laughs> she doesn't know either. She just makes it up because she's totally unqualified to be in the vice presidency of the United States. The gentleman standing next to her was the, like, uh, uh, the prime minister of Mongolia. And he's probably going, what? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah. Hey, that's it for today. Thank you for watching us. I hope you've been watching all week. Those of you who are on our new platform, Keep coming back. Uh, I'm thoroughly enjoying <clears throat> Morning Mana every day. Um, I'm doing it from my house. It's so relaxed. And um, Doc and I are spending 20 to 30 minutes teaching the Word of God. We're in the Book of Acts. And um, we have people from all over the world. Yes. Coming in live amazing? at 8 a.m. and it's it's exciting. And of course, it's it's uh, instantly posted within minutes. It's it's on our platform, so you can watch it video on demand. We're in the testing phase, and we're we're we as a team we're learning to use the platform that we have built, and um, we're populating it with content. And then we're going to open the doors a little bit later. I'm thinking we may. We may delay the opening 
until the day after Labor Day, simply because, well, I might just take a vacation. What? Yes. Um, Doc's taking a vacation next week, and Susan heard it. And she said... Cat's out of the bag. She said, if, if Doc's taking a vacation, Rick, you need to take a vacation, okay? But I can't take a vacation the same week he's... But anyhow, I, I have... Susan and I have not had a long vacation. We've had one. One vacation in 25 years. And, um, and the last time we had a two-week vacation was the two weeks before we started this ministry. Right. And so... Um, I just have this feeling that we're about to launch into another major expansion, another huge phase of this ministry, and I probably should get some rest, and um, it would be a good time. It all depends on our audience. Would you allow me to get some rest? That's, that's, my, that's my question to you. Would you allow me to get some rest? Could I, could I go away for two weeks and you come back when I come back? Well, they could stay with the Godcast while but you're But I won't here. be here. Well, but you will in spirit. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll make sure some form of Rick right. Wilds, if I have to generate AI Rick Wilds. All right, well, so. <laughs> it would be nice. Um, and actually what I'm thinking about is uh, two weeks is not two weeks of vacation, but one week just to catch my breath and catch up on some work at my home and here and uh, in writing and everything, and then one week of actual vacation. With, with, with family and everything. With family and no, Susan said, no devices. Well, that's going to be a tough That's going to be serious. She said, no devices. All right. So... It'd be with the grandkids and everybody, so I, I think we're going to do it. Uh, as always, this weekend, please spend time with the Lord. Um, just be quiet. Be still. Spend time. Open up your Bible and read. and uh, Just talk to your Heavenly Father. Go to church. Watch New Zion. Here with Doc. Doc, what's your sermon this week? Well, I was uh, doing a couple of messages this week and next week on being a radical for Jesus. Okay, so. that's a good one, being a radical for Jesus. We appreciate your kind, generous financial support. It's very, very needed. We're, um, we're growing. We're making changes. We're expanding. And you're just now starting to see what we've been working on and there's a lot more coming. I promise you there's a lot more coming. God bless. We'll see you on Monday. God bless you. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.